Welcome to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, where our goal is to connect listeners to the great outdoors with hosts Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. I'm host Ben Brandell, owner of Meant to Be Outdoors, instructor of outdoor skills, and passionate about personal growth. I'm host Brian Hoffmeyer, wildlife biologist and avid outdoorsman. Welcome back to another episode of the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast. You've got Ben and Brian here. I hope everybody is well. It is Myth Monday, and we have an awesome topic for you guys. This is one that I got wrong for so long. It wasn't until my early 20s until I actually started working as a field biologist that I actually heard someone saying it right, and I thought they were wrong, but I had to do some research myself, and then I quickly realized I had been wrong for a long, long time. So we want to help you guys today with one to help you get it right, and our topic today is possums versus opossums. And we want to make sure you guys understand what each of those are because there is a difference. And we want you guys to change your lingo and the way you speak. And we're going to do the same so that we can all be right together. So, Ben, what is what is it? What is an opossum and a possum? Are they the same thing? Because that's pretty much the argument that I've heard. It's, it's just that somebody wants to say it opossum. The O is silent. They call it possum. Yeah, that's how it started out for me was, was I was taught you say possum without the O through research through actually uh, during the days of when we, you and I were conservation instructors, um, educators at that point, we had actually taxidermied this animal, you know, throughout different rooms and, and, and aquariums and museums. And, and as I was looking at the plaques of what they called them, they always had the O present. Mm-hmm. That then led me into, well, why are we just calling them possum? And just like you were talking about sharing that someone had said that, an opossum instead of just possum, um, I had the same encounter. It was uh, someone from the Department of Conservation locally here. They would use that. They would talk about them and say, oh, possum, which they I'm were like, very well, deliberate. Well, about yeah, it, huh? I was like, what a doof. You know what <laughs> I mean? We quit trying to make the point. But that that caught my attention. Like, yeah. why are you calling it an opossum and not just how we here would say possum? And that's when in research realized that they are two different animals. Right. They are two very different animals. Um, there is an opossum and there is a possum. Here in North America, we only have the opossum. The possum, and that's one of the big differences, they only live in Australia. There are 70 different species of possums. They only live in Australia. So if you are saying possum and you are North American or even a South American and hearing this, then then you're wrong because we don't have them here. Maybe zoos. I'm sure we have some in zoos. But here in North America, we have opossums. And what is really cool is they are our only marsupial. There is no other marsupial in North America except for, I should say native marsupial, and North America except for the opossum. So what does marsupial mean? Marsupial basically means that they are a mammal. They give birth um, early, and then they carry their young. They finish the gestation uh, inside a pouch on their stomach. Love it. Like a kangaroo. That's like. the most. Everybody knows a kangaroo, the joey inside the pouch. But right. uh, most, a lot of people know that um, opossums are marsupials, but there are some out there that won't, and they'll be surprised by that. Um, a lot of times when they are carrying their young, they're a little bit slower, and they're like crossing roads. They get hit a lot. So a lot of times um, in the spring when they are found, they do have uh, kind of a sad thing. They do have live uh, little tiny possums in their pouch. People will find those. Right. That's how a lot of them end up. Um, in rescue centers or at zoos or acquired by the state or something like that. You actually, uh, I know for a fact here in Missouri, you are not allowed to collect those without a uh, collection permit. If you don't have a collection permit, then you just need to leave those where they're at and either let nature take their course or you need to call your your local game warden and let them come take care of it. Most of the time, they're going to just say, hey, 
appreciate you calling. Just let them be. Right. Um, so let's talk about the possum for a second. So now we're jumping in all the way to Australia. Um, there, there are some similarities between our opossum, and really it's just that they're both marsupials, and they're both nocturnal, meaning they're really only active at night. They only do their hunting at night. But when you start talking about hunting, there's where we start getting into our differences. So a huge difference is that opossums here in North America, they're omnivores, and most people consider them opportunistic omnivores. What, is, what does that mean when I say that to you, Ben? Well, I mean, it's... In my survival world, that's whatever you got around you. Whatever you find, if it's food, eat it. That's exactly right. They'll they'll be known to to scavenge right, for dead. other yep. dead animals, eat dead things. They'll pick berries, eat plants. They will even actively hunt and can be considered a predator. They will hunt um, for eggs of other animals. They will hunt snakes and small birds. Um, really, anything that they can get, they are going to eat, and that's kind of uh, their survival mode of. I'll eat whatever I've got to. What about ticks? They they have been known and has been said that they're great at eating ticks, and that is true. They're those small insects and parasites, they're they're gonna eat a lot of those. Now that kind of poses the question if they're great at eating ticks, can they get a tick? I think they can. They can, yes, mm-hmm. of course. <clears throat> if, if you if if I'm going out to eat grasshoppers and they're jumping around everywhere, one can still land on me even though I'm trying to eat them. Yeah, if it lands on the back of your neck, you're not gonna be able to get to it, right? right? Yeah, they, they don't have those hands to reach around and pull that tick off like, like we do. Um, so that's a big difference there. And and then our, our possums in Australia, they're herbivores. So their favorite thing to eat is eucalyptus leaves, and they're only going to eat plants. They're not going to vary from that. Um, so that's a pretty distinct difference. The other, the other thing that's pretty interesting is their tail because it obviously creates a, a different appearance. So it would be weird for us to confuse them, but we do. Uh, a possum's tail in Australia, all 70 species of possum, have furry, squirrel-like tails. So they almost look more like a squirrel than, a, than an opossum that we have here in North America. And an opossum's tail, if you guys have seen one, you know a lot of people call them rats. They have a rat-like tail, kind of a scaly, hairless, furless. Kind pink, of, what, kind of whitish pink. Yeah, kind of mm-hmm. a little bit. Kind of a little bit gross looking. And, and people have that kind of negative connotation of possums. Um, should we have that? Are they gross? Are they nasty? I don't think they are, but if I find one that is playing dead, and I and I call it playing dead, you're going to cover this here in a minute, mm-hmm. but during that moment of playing dead, they can release a nasty, nasty odor, and I probably wouldn't want to eat it by, right. after smelling that. And that's a defense mechanism. So when they're in this, I'm going to say, quote, playing dead state, they, they emit this odor as like, I'm dead and nasty, get away from me. Uh, but since you brought it up, let's talk about the playing dead. Possums, opossums, excuse me, opossums do not play dead. So when someone says, play dead like a possum, they're actually wrong twice. One, it's opossums that play dead, and opossums aren't really playing dead because they're. It, it's not playing. That's not an accurate word. It is an involuntary thing. They They cannot control whether they go into this state or not, and it's a catatonic state. And what that means is, they're unconscious. This is their last resort of a defense mechanism. They, they're they very shy. They would rather either hide. That's why they're nocturnal. They would rather either hide or scurry away. And if they can't do that, if they're posed with this fear, their body goes into a catatonic unconscious state. They emit the smell. They bare their teeth. Their teeth show. Um, and they're just there hoping that that works, that 
it's dead and that what whatever predator is coming for them is looking for something alive. I think their tongue sticks out too, actually, when I've seen them. I yeah. think it's, I mean, the, the full, like, I'm dead. Yeah. And a lot of people will pick them up when they're like that. They'll pick them up by their tail. Um, and, and they should be careful because they can actually, they have muscles in their tail. They can actually curl and hang, hang by their tails. Um, most of the time people will do that because they think they're safe. And sometimes that catatonic state only kicks in for a few minutes and they will wake back up. So they should, you should be very careful because if you think a possum can bite you. It's got a lot of teeth. It's got a lot of teeth. They can definitely <laughs> bite you. And, and since we're on teeth now. Well, before, is, wait, before you go to teeth. Okay. That is one thing that I have yet to get to see in the wild is them hanging by their tail. Right. When I look up opossums have for many years, when you look them up, one of the images that always pops up is this thing hanging by its tail. Um, do you know, is that something, do they do that to sleep? Is that a way to eat? Why, why are they hanging by their tail? Right. Yeah. It's how they rest. Rest. Yeah. It's how Man, they rest. that sounds uncomfortable. Do what? That sounds uncomfortable. Well, you don't have a, a hairless scale-like tail. That's true. <laughs> so right. it would be a little uncomfortable You're for right. you. You know, on the nasty side of it, too, when we're talking about eating or not eating, um, besides the, the smell that they would secrete, um, I find them eating in trash a lot. Yeah. You know, when we talk about opportunistic feeders, you find them scavenging. And I think that's where I see the most is scavenging more than hunting. So mm-hmm. growing up, I was always told they were nasty. You know, they're just gross, nasty things. And when you look at them digging in your trash or eating gross stuff and they turn over and look at you, mouth open, they do look nasty. Yeah. Um, I know that you have trapped them before. Mm-hmm. Um, are they a nasty animal? Is it something that um, you can eat, should eat, you know, not even survival situation, but um, if you're going to trap them, do you eat them? You can. Um, you know, when, when I trap them, I'm, I'm not eating them. Um, they're a fur bearer during fur bearer season. So, um, as part of law, you don't have to harvest it. We're, we're doing it for the fur. Right. Um, but people locally do, they, they do eat them. And I, I have eaten them before at some of these wild game suppers. Um, they're safe to eat. They, they are safe to eat. However, I will say it's not that good. So it's not something that I'm going to go out and pursue as table fare or something to bring home to my family. Right. But if it came to it and I had to, and that's what I could get access to, well, I absolutely would would eat one. Absolutely. So you're opportunistic feeder as well. Not right now, but if pushed to that <laughs> if pushed to that state, you bet I'd be. Gotcha, gotcha. You bet. So uh, when let's talk about a possum eating. We talked about that they would eat an opossum. Excuse me. We would talk about they would eat pretty much anything. They have more teeth than any other land mammal in North America. No other land mammal has more teeth than teeth in them. Not Mountain lions, bears, nothing. They have 50 teeth, and they will use them to even hunt. So they have canines like cats or dogs, and so they will actively pursue snakes, lizards, frogs. Um, Some people have even seen them uh, pursuing like turkey poults or quail poults or small birds that can't really fly away. So if my chickens stay out at night, they don't go back in their coop, Mm -hmm. and they stay out, will opossum attack them? Eat yes, them. opossums uh, will definitely harvest a chicken if given mm. the opportunity. For sure, you need to keep your keep your chickens closed up and make sure your run and your coop are are possum proof. Uh, is this speaking from experience, Ben? Opossum proof. Opossum proof. Are you speaking from experience? Uh, yeah, I am. Yeah, I, uh, when we moved um, back, uh, we had chickens out. We we lived. We moved back into the area, and we brought the same coop, but setting it up, bringing them back putting them in there. Um, I guess I didn't leave them in long enough. Yeah. And so when I opened the door that day, let them out, they did not go back in and I don't have a run. It was, it's just an open, just 
open the coop and let them out in the free range, um, they would not go back in. And so each night, actually it was a couple nights of them roosting in the tree, um, but after a couple nights started losing one a night. Next night I lost another one. And I did find an old possum on like night three. That's what was taken care of by the tree. And that was my guess. Yeah. But I I didn't get to see them actively. Right. Well, and I have, um, I haven't had many things try to get into my chicken coop, but the first thing that I ever had, that I ever found trying to get into my chicken coop was an opossum. Yep. And so sometimes (laughs) we're fighting for the same food. So, uh, sometimes we have to win. We'll just say that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we have to win. And, And, and I want to say that's that's okay because you're you're def- you're defending your stuff and and that's actually even legal too in, in most cases um, if they become a nuisance or you're defending your property to do that. But I'm not going to just go out and walk around and look for for an opossum to to kill. Right, right. That's that's the ethical way. You bet. So Ben, you've said before here on the podcast. I know you well. I know you love snakes. So possums, opossums, have an interesting relationship with snakes. They do. So opossums are immune to venom. There is one exception. It is the coral snake, and nobody wants to be bit by one of those. So um, take heed if you see a coral snake. But they are immune to venom. So around here, our our copperheads, water moccasins, all of our rattlesnake rattlesnake species, they're good. They are good, yep. I'm Um, jealous of that. I would love that. And that was actually a study that was done of how can we emulate that how can we take what the possum can do um basically inject it into ourselves and allow us to be um anti-venom i'm gonna get i'm gonna i'm gonna guess they didn't find anything since i know don't know about it but did they find any way to apply the opossum anti-venom to to humans or other animals so they studied on mice you know they did find that um as they i'm trying to think of the word that was used um it's not a, a lipid uh but what they found that the opossum had, they were able to put that into, I believe it was a type of protein, but they were able to put that into a mouse, and um, they actually had a rattlesnake bite that mouse, and it survived. And so there were some steps to see that this is plausible. It was right. a plausible thing that happened, but the study stopped, and I don't know why. Huh. I wish they were still doing it. Yeah, well, apparently they haven't found a way to, to help us humans with that, but since they are so immune, maybe that would be a good place for them to start if they ever are going to pick up that study. I want to talk about one more thing about opossums before we're done. When I got into predator trapping as a wildlife management tool, a way to um, help our, our game species like deer and turkey and quail and all that prevail on, on some hunting properties, running trap lines, we got a lot of opossums. We got a lot of opossums. And I think um, that's kind of goes to their their habit of just finding and getting whatever they can get to eat. Um, so didn't really matter what our trap set was for, whether it was for um, coyotes or raccoons, bobcats, whatever it was for, we always ended up getting opossums. Mm. Um, but what I was amazed to find out was their fur is amazing because you had this negative connotation, these nasty animals. But of all the things I've trapped during fur bear season, and I'm talking bobcats, raccoons, foxes, coyotes. The best fur I have ever laid my hands on is a possum. It is so soft, and I'm so sick and tired of screwing up and saying possum instead of opossum when I'm trying to teach you guys to say opossum. But yes, opossum fur 
is the softest fur I have ever touched. And most people don't know that because you don't get the opportunity to touch one, but it has amazing fur after it's tanned. Uh, it's one of those, almost like a stress relief to just sit there and run your hand through it. Is it similar to chinchilla? I know chinchilla is like the softest on planet Earth, but how come kind of compare? Yeah, it, it is kind of like that. It's almost like, you know when you, when your dog gets that, that really soft, fine undercoat? That's like almost their entire coat. And then when you see it up close and it's got this white and grays mixed in, it's actually really beautiful. Mm. It looks kind of strange out there on the animal in the wild because they've got this uh, pink pale white nose and usually some gnarly looking whiskers and teeth and again the tail that's not so appealing but their fur is actually really beautiful up close very very soft and it's like it's like that soft fine undercoat on a dog not quite as soft as a chinchilla but yeah similar to that get close to it um other than humans being predators Mm -hmm. what are some predators that helps control the opossum population well, just just like a, a a lot of other animals that are that size. I mean, you've got your bobcats and your, and your coyotes and things that will even foxes that will definitely um, harvest a uh, opossum. Even raccoons can get much much larger, two three times the size of an opossum. They can they can harvest them as well. Okay. It's a dog eat dog world out there it for is. sure. Absolutely. So I hope you guys learned from my mistakes, even here on the podcast, of calling an opossum a possum. But you guys should know that an opossum is what we have here in North America. Possums are in Australia. There's also an opossum that lives in South America as well. There's those two species, 70 species of possums in Australia. But here in North America, we do only have the one species of opossum. I think that's it for this episode of Myth Monday on the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast. We would greatly appreciate if you want to support us by following our Patreon link on our Facebook, our Instagram, or our TikTok. We would greatly appreciate that support. Also, if you'd be so kind as to go to iTunes and leave us a review, let us know how we're doing. Help us move up those charts so more people can listen. We would appreciate that as well. That is it for this Myth Monday. Between now and our next episode, we would greatly appreciate if you went outdoors with your family and friends. Thank you for listening to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, hosted by Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. Please help us by subscribing. Also, follow along on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook.